0: Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast podcast. We want to extend an invitation to sit in live with us during our weekend service. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message inspires you, but also challenges you in your walk with God. For more information, visit our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. Now here's Pastor Marco with an encouraging word. The atmosphere is changing. I really believe it. There's a new day for the church in New England. There's a new revival coming. There's a new breakthrough coming. I want you to not miss it. Be part of it. Embrace it. This is not time to give up. It's not time to quit. It's not time to hold back. It's time to say, Jesus, I'm in. Put me in, coach. I want everything you have for me. You know, we're, we're, we're in the middle of a warfare. I told you that last week, and I want to continue that today. I want to pick up exactly where we left off from last week. The message today, I'm going to title this message, Suit Up. Tell your neighbor to suit up. Listen, you win a battle. You can't, you can't be going to battle with your little sandals. You know, you can't be going to battle with your little cute shirt. You better put on your armor. You better put on your sword. You better get your shield. You better get everything that God has given you to fight this battle. Listen, there's no time to play victim. Oh, me, oh, me, poor me. Man, shut up and put your armor on and let's fight the good fight in Jesus' name. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm ready to preach already. Are you ready to be preached to? If you have your Bibles, I'm going to pick up exactly where we left off. Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to continue. Last week, if, if you missed it, man, go listen to the podcast. Or listen, listen to that little, just that little clip that we made. That will fire you up. You know, if that doesn't fire you up, then just go to the hospital. Tell them to check your pulse. Make sure you're alive. Uh, Because, man, there's some life going on in this place. We just baptized 23 people who said yes to Jesus. Yesterday, another 43 people joined the mission classes. Listen, the church is growing. The church is growing. The gates of hell will not prevail against God's people. My goodness, I feel like preaching today. Picking up exactly where we left off, Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to... Pick up from verse 13 today. The Bible says this, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground. Put on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from God, from, from the good news, so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers. For all believers everywhere can you say amen. Amen. So we are in a spiritual world. Warfare. The Bible says that there is such a thing as an enemy of your soul. And he has an army of his own who is battling against God's people. And I told you last week that the enemy is a clever enemy. He doesn't come and say, I'm here to ruin your life. If he did that, we would all run the other way. But he's a subtle enemy. He's always trying to offer you something to deviate you from God's will. From God's plan. And so he's always got to, he's got, listen, if he's gonna put something in front of you, it's gonna be attractive. When he told Adam and Eve, man, you, 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 that fruit right there, that's probably the most attractive fruit they've ever seen in their life. Fellas, he's not going to put someone that you're not attractive to in front of you. He's going to put someone that you're attracted to, but he's not going to tell you, listen, the moment you start making that move, I'm I'm, I'm baiting you into hell. I'm slowly bringing you closer to my will as opposed to God's will. Y'all can talk to me already this morning that we have a clever enemy. He's not here to just say, hey, look, I'm I'm here. No, he says, I I came to kill, steal, and destroy. This 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 is a battle, and it's an ugly battle. This is kind of like the playground fight. You ever been in a playground fight where people fight dirty? People bite you and and they'll throw dirt in your face. Y'all never got into a fight. Well, you guys are nice people. I thought I had some but God people here that's been through some stuff. Right? The enemy doesn't play nice. Right? He's after you. He's after your family. He's after your kids. He's after your legacy. He's after your finances. He's after everything that he can get his hand on. And the key is you got to stand firm. I told you last week, be aware, this is a quick recap, be aware of these four things right here that the enemy will use in your life. Isolation, he wants to isolate you so that, so that you don't, you don't, hang out with God's people so you don't pray. He wants to cut all your lines of communication so you can say, look, it's me. It's me against the world. It will feed you those lies. No one understands you. No one cares about you. It's you against the world. You might as well just stay here and die. Man, you're such a victim. Poor you. Wah, wah, wah. Next thing you know, you're agreeing with him. And today I want you to know never agree with the voice that's not from the Holy Spirit. Never agree with anything that God didn't say over your life. Quick fixes. Man, how many people are in a bind because of a quick fix? How many people said this is going to be a quick money and then got five to ten years in jail? How many people said this is going to be a quick thing and then lost their marriage? I mean, you know what I'm talking about? How many quick fixes that we fallen into? The trap of the enemy to always say, you can get this quick. You know, when he did that to Jesus, Jesus said, get behind me, Satan, not today. Busyness, you know, it's become a badge of honor to be busy but lose the things that matter. Right. We can be so busy we lose the family that we're supposed to be busy for. We can be so busy we lose the church that we're supposed to be a part of. We can be so busy that we lose the essence of why we're living in the first place. And then numbness. I mean, this is the one that I'm seeing so much, entertainment. The enemy has made entertainment of God. You know, just go home, get as comfortable as you can because I want to kill you softly here so you have no power, you have no purpose, you have nothing to to strive for. Like today, we say, come to church at 6 o'clock. What does he tell you? You need to go home and relax. You already heard that voice. Come on now. Huh? You already know. Because he already told you, tomorrow is Monday. Come on. You can't go all the way to Smithfield. And then you got to get up early tomorrow. And then you got to go to work. Why? Because he knows if you come, all hell will break loose in that place. Right? So listen to that voice. Right? Why would the enemy tell you to go to church? Of course he's going to tell you to Relax. Of course, he's gonna tell you to take it easy. Of course, he's gonna tell you, "Listen, you 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 worked hard all week. You gotta get up at five in the morning." You, even though you don't get up at five in the morning, you know you gonna start saying like, "Tomorrow, I'm getting up at five in the morning." Be careful with the voices you're agreeing with. Come on, is anybody alert this morning? Be aware of your sweet lies. It, it starts sweet. It's always sour in the end. It's like the sweet and sour candies. You never had those, you know? It starts really sweet, and then you like. That's how I see the enemy work in our lives. Can you say amen? amen? But you see, God has given us a call. God has given us a mission. God has given us a course to fulfill. And Satan will do everything he can to stop it. I told you, he uses familiar voices. Remember? Peter, Jesus's, one of Jesus' closer disciples, tried to keep Jesus from going to the cross. Right? Good friend. Good intentions. Right? no, Jesus, don't do that. Come on, we have a good thing going. Why would you do that? And what did Jesus say? Oh, you're such a good friend, Peter. I'm so glad you're telling me. I I should not go to the cross. You're so right. You know, I should, you know, forsake God's plan. I should embrace your plan because you know so much better than God. No, Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. You're speaking from a human standpoint. You got to see things from God's point of view. Come on, somebody, talk to me today. Beware of familiar faces with wrong spirits. They sound good. They're like, "I'm, a, I'm, a, girl, I got your back." I don't need you to have my back. God's got my back. <laughs> Beware of these lies. You know, Paul is writing from a jail cell. Listen, understand this: that the warfare is so intense that this man of God is writing from a jail cell. Why? Because they imprisoned him for simply preaching the gospel. He's behind bars, but he doesn't lose the focus of why he's alive. And so he's writing this to them. He's writing this to us to say, listen, you are in a warfare. Pay attention. You got to strap up. You got to put your suit on because that's the only way you're going to overcome the enemy. And so the picture that he's giving you here is what he was seeing every day. He is surrounded by Roman soldiers in this jail. And Paul likes to give you illustrations to say, this is how the spiritual war looks like. And here's how you're supposed to respond to it. And so this picture right here is what Paul was looking at. Every single day in this jail, he's saying, wow, look, this is a perfect example of how a man or a woman of God should look in the spirit. You're supposed to look like a soldier. Matter of fact, he said said, no soldiers get entangled in civilian affairs. It's like you're too focused on God's will to get tangled up in things that don't matter. You're too focused praying to get into gossiping. You're too focused reading the Bible to be reading nonsense stuff that people will write. People's opinions, mere opinions will come and go. You're too focused on the truth to be focused on a lie. And so Paul says, listen, here's a picture that I want to give you of you in the spirit. This is how you should look in the spirit. I have told you, when man, you're praying, when you're in the spirit of God, like I'm telling you, I see myself with like crazy six packs. I feel like I'm a guy from 300. You ever seen that movie 300? That's how I see myself when I'm praying, okay? Perception is everything. You know, that's how I see myself in the spirit. You know, you got to see yourself jacked up, like not because of you, but because God is working through you. Can you say amen? And so... He gives them a visual illustration, and he says, focus on putting on the armor. And he gives you the armor, and I want to break down each one of them this morning with you. Listen, uh, the, the armor is, is as follows. He says, put on the belt of truth, right? And then put on the armor of God's righteousness. Then put on shoes, which are the good news. Get a hold of your shield, which is the faith. Put on your helmet of salvation, and then the sword is the word of God. So you have weapons to fight against and to fight with. Right? No Christian should say, it is what it is. No Christian should take a stake back because the enemy is coming against you. When Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell when not prevail against it. Gates are meant to keep people out. Jesus is like, no, you're going to storm the gates of hell. You're not going to go stay outside of it. You're going to go through it and get to the other side of God's will for your life. Can you say amen? But he says, be strong in the Lord. Before a soldier can put these armors on, they have to go to physical training. Because this is heavy. It's so heavy that some people wouldn't qualify to be in the army. Because they, they couldn't hold up a shield. These shields is heavy. The sword is heavy. It's not a little cute paper sword. The helmet is heavy. The breastplate is heavy. And if you're not physically fit, you would just fall down with this thing on you know so our armor gets this means nothing if your spirit is weak so he says the first thing you need to do is to be strong in the lord before you can get these weapons make sure that you're strong and healthy in jesus that's the physical training. I told When you come to church, I hope you understand, you're not coming to church for leisure, you're coming to church for training. This is a spiritual gym. When you're lifting your hands in worship, you are exercising. When you open your mouth to pray, you're exercising your prayer life. When, when you give, you're exercising your generosity. When you come to the altar, you're breaking things off of you. You're becoming stronger in the Lord. You're not in a playground. You're in a battleground. Understand this. I, I see church as a locker room. I see it's where you get your assignment before you go to play the game of life, right? And so if you just come in and you just like sit back and wait for things to hit you, it's like going to the gym and saying, "Look, I came to the gym." Right? So you ever see people that they, they, you know they 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 they'll put a selfie of themselves in the gym? It's like. That's not the point of going to the gym. <laughs> just because you showed up doesn't mean you went to, you went to the gym, but did you work out? Right. The Bible says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling because yeah. God's not working you. You got to pick up the dumbbells of prayer. You got to pick up the, the weight of worship. You got to pick up the weight of generosity. You got to pick up the way of serving because if you're not, you're not working out. You're just weak. That's why some people, the devil doesn't, doesn't really bother them because they're like weak. If you like, man, my life is a leisure, guess what? The devil's like, you're no threat. It's like, I got nothing to worry about you. He's worried about the ones that he knows, man, he's gonna get up and he's gonna stop praying. And when he prays God, he listens. And when God listens, things begin to happen. You know, when he, when he, when he begins to worship, man, the gates of hell are being broken down. That's the people of God. That's who we are. No, we're not the poor little people who go to a poor little thing on a Sunday. I really pray we can break this mindset of Christians. How are we not with this doormats that anything comes to us? We're like, yeah, you know, one day when we all get to heaven. No, no, you're supposed to bring heaven to earth. You're supposed to have faith to bring heaven to earth. So don't waste your strength. I want to talk to you a little bit about things that sap your strength away. Because he never tells you, hey, I'm here to take your strength. Pay, pay, pay attention to the warfare. He's way more clever than you think he is. The reason why most people miss the devil because they're waiting for something big. <laughs> you know, I got my armor on, but he's like he's behind you. You're like, eh. <laughs> Yeah, go play Nintendo. You're not ready. This is what steps your strength every day. Watch this. Let me make it clear to you. Listen, arguments and debates. You know how many people are wasting their energy on meaningless arguments and debates. You know how many people get into fights over dumb stuff that means absolutely nothing? Because he knows if I can get him to fight over things that don't matter, then he's not going to fight for the things that actually matter. Right. Here you are fighting with someone on Facebook, but you need to put up a fight for your marriage at home. <laughs> Y'all ain't going to talk to me. Some people are more concerned about me than they're concerned about themselves. Have you read the Bible? The Bible says, mind your business and work on your life. Right? We're so consumed with being right, we're missing being righteous. (laughs) Most people will win a fight but lose the war. The same people you're supposed to attract to God, you're repelling them with your arguments. No one never comes to Jesus because of an argument. Arguments and debates are pointless. God is not Democrat and He's not Republican. You're wasting your time. <laughs> Trust me on this. Right? He says, focus on all the things that are meaningless. Right. Some people come to church, what do they do? They try to pick, nitpick. What can I nitpick? What can I nitpick? Because you know, if I don't, I don't feel right. <laughs> the people that gossip are low. But you know what's even lower than people that gossip? Who people who listen to gossip. That's a waste of energy. Laziness is a waste of energy. Lazy. You know, that's a sin we don't talk about in the church. Most people are not living their purpose because they're lazy. And they'll give you all the reasons why they can't do something. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl. You did. You lost her because you're lazy. Laziness. And we're calling it, I just got to do me. How long are you going to do you until you do something? <laughs> Too much time in the wrong company. Listen, you're never going to fulfill your purpose. If all you give God is an hour and a half on Sunday morning, but then you go spend every day of the week with every single thing and every single person who says every single thing about against God's will and God's church and God's purpose, you're always going to be weak. You're never going to be strong. Someone says you don't hang out with mockers. You don't hang out with sinners. Aren't we all sinners? Yeah, but you don't have to live in sin. There's a difference between sinning and living in sin. That's a choice. And it's sapping your energy away. You go to church, you're excited, you go home to a mocker. (laughs) People that hide behind their smiles, but they're broken. Because they're broken, they can't stand you being right, so they want to break you down with them so you can have misery. Loves company, yeah. misery loves company. Nothing worse than a miserable Christian, church. I told you this on Wednesday night. I would rather you find another church where you can come alive than to just come to church just to whine and complain. Find some place that you can feel like, it. this is where God called me to be so I can live my life for the glory of God. Go there. Because I refuse to let anyone set my energy. I love Jesus and I love you. But I love Jesus and I love myself more than I love your grumpiness. Come on, talk to me. I'm going to preach this morning. The love of money and career saps your energy from God's will. You know the the the, the hashtag on my grind, <laughs> on my grind. Funny thing is, those people on my grind—they're not really on their grind. Those are the lazy people who try to pretend they're on their grind because they most on the grind. Woke up 11 o'clock in the afternoon. Like, in, 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 like that's not your grind. Yeah, that's banker's hours. Money is not a problem. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. It's when we're so consumed with, I got to get this stuff, that we miss the point that the enemy's like, yeah, come on, go, 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 go. So you don't see that God is the one that can provide for your stuff. An unequally yoking with an unbeliever. You know, I'll hit this every single week. <laughs> Basically, have you caught that on yet? You know, that, that I see this all the time. People doing really well. All of a sudden, here comes that fine dude. The problem with the fine dude is he ain't got Jesus. And if he ain't got Jesus, guess what? It's unequally yoked. It's not the yoke that God has for you. Pay attention to the lies of the enemy. It's when you're doing really well, he always throws a curveball at you. In ungodly entertainment, I've told you, we don't have to go anywhere anymore to sap our energy. All you have to do is go into the wrong sites. All you got to do is swipe right. Y'all then United you pretend you're, you're not in church. <laughs> Swiping. Jesus, help me. No, Jesus ain't going to help that. There's some chance Jesus is like, I don't touch that stuff. Jesus cannot touch the ungodly stuff. He says, come out of that stuff. Then I'll bless your life. <laughs> Pay attention. These are things that will come to waste your strength in the Lord. There's more, but I'm just giving you a few. And you got to ask yourself the question once in a while. Is my strength increasing or declining? Am I stronger today than I was a week ago? And I got to be honest with myself. I got to take an inventory and say, am I stronger today in my walk with the Lord than I was? I don't want to be the guy that used to be on fire for Jesus. That's my biggest fear in life, is to be that guy. You know those guys that, I remember back in 1962. It's like, dang, that's a long time ago. Jesus stopped. I don't want to be that guy that used to have testimonies. I want a fresh miracle this day. I want a fresh touch today. I want a fresh God's will today. Anytime I hear people say, I used to, it's like, what happened to Jesus? He didn't even go anywhere. You did. If something's off in your life, who moved? Not God. Trust me. But the reason what we do is we point fingers at everybody. Ah. And we forget this finger. Ah, It's the church. It's the pastor. It's Trump. Ah, ah, ah. Yeah, but what about this finger, though? Have you searched your heart? Have you said what Psalmist says? Search my heart, God. See if there's anything wrong in me. And lead me down the path of everlasting life. If you're not doing that, you're not living. You're just existing. Every single day, there's got to be a reflection to say, God... Am I growing closer to you? Because when I make a mistake, I want to fix it right away. God's not going to ask you what other people did. They're going to ask you what you do. What did you do with the life I gave you? So mind your business and put on your armor. Can you say amen? I want you to tweet that. Mind your business, put on your armor. Tell your neighbor, mind your business and put on your armor. So here's the armor. Man, I don't know if I have time, but here we go. The first thing that the soldier will put on is the belt of truth. That's the first thing. The belt comes first. Right? And they say this. They say it protects the abdomen and gathers up the rest of the garments. It keeps the other parts in place. <laughs> I love that. And, and Paul says, well, for us Christians, that's the belt of truth. Truth is first. Why? Because it holds everything else together. Truth comes first because truth is what holds everything else together. Here's what Jesus said about truth. Jesus said this to the people who believe in him. You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. He didn't say you are my disciples if you feel goosebumps. He said you are my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. You're not my disciple because you posted something cute on Facebook. You're my disciple because you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Understand what Jesus is saying here. Belt gives freedom of movement. Oh, that's so good. When you're in truth, you're free to move. You don't have to try to hold everything else in place. You know, when you're not in truth, you try to hold your your credibility in place. You try to hold your integrity in place. You're trying to hold your, you justify things. When you're in truth, you let things be. That's why I told you, I don't have time to go answer to critics. It's like, I'm gonna let the truth be the truth. The truth will always come out, sooner or later. Never be in a rush with people who brings accusations. Just wait for the truth to come out. It always does, sooner or later. It may take months. It might take years. But God is faithful right. to always reveal right. the truth. Right. The truth will set you free. Listen, truth is what gives you strength and power over your feelings. Because right. Right. your feelings are fickle. They come and they go. But feelings are not truth. Some things that you felt strongly about 10 years ago, you no longer do. Some things you felt strong in last election, you no longer do. <laughs> truth is what sets you free from feelings. You get up in the morning, you don't feel like going to work, do you? If you do, you're a different person. You're a whole nother breed. But majority of people will get up tomorrow and go, oh, <laughs> I guess I got to go to work. The truth says, I better go to work. Yeah. Feeling says, hang out here. So you can get a pink slip. Let's hang out. Isn't it funny that people get pink slip? We'll call everybody a hater, but it's like, you're the one that got the pink slip. (laughs) We got haters that don't exist when we're letting feelings ruin our lives. Truth is what trumps fears. All of us have fears to face. Fear of people's opinions. Fear of taking a leap of faith. Fear of believing God. Truth is what comes and says, no, you were in good ground. Your feelings are shaky ground. But you're in good ground when you're in fit. Listen, truth is what trumps lies. The lies that have been fed to our minds, that have been fed to our heart. That's why you need to be in the truth. And when you begin to read truth, it begins to build up your faith. It, it, it builds up your identity. It builds up your confidence. It builds up who you are in God. The more you read the truth, the more the lies will begin to dissipate. And it's so powerful because the more you are in truth, the more you're able to recognize a lie so much easier to recognize a lie when you're in truth. But if you're not in truth, you will be confused all the time. Everybody has opinions. Everybody will tell you they're an expert. But the problem with truth is, truth is not up to people. Truth is a person, and his name is Jesus. You're going to have so many opinions. But if you really want to know the truth, go look at Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the way. I'm the truth, and I'm the life. He says, if you want no truth, spend time with Jesus. The more you spend time with Jesus, you begin to discern what's fake around you. What's a lie from the pit of hell. Because he's feeding you those things as we speak. He came to Jesus and tried to feed Jesus' lies. What did he say to Jesus? If you are the son of, if, let me put a, a doubt in your mind about who you are. If you are, if you really are in the church... Jesus never answered him with his feelings. Yeah, I know, I know. I I, kind of feel like I am, though. (laughs) My Facebook status says Christian. What did Jesus say? It is written. It is written. You got to go to the word. What does the Bible say? Because what's written cannot be changed. It doesn't matter what you say. It is written, and it was written so long ago. I love the Bible because it's like it's written so long ago, so you don't have to say, "Well, it could." Ch-. No, it doesn't change. It is written. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It is written. Spend time with the Word, and you will spend time with truth, especially nowadays. Especially nowadays, with so much lies, fake news, you know, clickbaits and all this different crap, everybody has an agenda. You better go to the truth. He says, "Put on your breastplate of righteousness." I gotta run here. You know, the, the breastplate is what protects the vital organs. This stuff is heavy, so when they hit you with a sword, hopefully it can bounce back of you. This is what Jesus is, this is what Paul is trying to say here. He calls it breastplate of righteousness because he's like, listen, your vital organ is your heart. If the enemy can, can get you to believe the wrong righteousness about yourself, then you walk around with the wrong perspective of yourself. So get this. This is not your own righteousness. This is what people don't understand. There's a difference between your righteousness and Jesus' righteousness. Matter of fact, the Bible calls your righteousness whack. That's my translation. It calls it filthy rags. It says your righteousness is nothing compared to God's righteousness. That's why some people will never be saved because they're like, I I did this. I, 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 I. The more you say I, the more the enemy's like, yeah, we, 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 we. Come on. Come on. Because when you know the truth, you know who said "Hi," over and over again. The enemy said, I, I, I did this, I, I, and he feeds it to you. Yeah, you are the man, you are the man, you are the man, you are the girl, girlfriend, you don't need anybody. You are your own, right? I don't need to go to church. Yeah, who's feeding you that? God is feeding you that, right? Discern. I don't need accountability. I don't need anything. Who's feeding you that stuff? Who's against accountability? Who's against, who's against authority? Who's against praying? Who's against the word? Discern. Who do they think they are? Yeah, who do they think they are? Listen to those voices you're agreeing with. Listen. It says your own righteousness is whack. You can't stay, doesn't stand a chance. Jesus' righteousness over you is what protects your heart. It's his righteousness. It's when he comes against you, you're like, yeah, you got to talk to Jesus, though. You got to talk to Jesus, though. Yeah, I know. I know I've made some mistakes, but I'm, I'm covered by the blood of the lamb. I, I, am, I am justified by Jesus. I am forgiven by Jesus. I, I've been made right. By Jesus. I didn't make myself right. Jesus made myself right. My credit card says Jesus. My bank account says Jesus. My family says Jesus. Everything I am says Jesus has covered my life. Understand this. When you're saved, saved, God doesn't see you. He sees Jesus. You should be glad he sees Jesus. Because he says his wrath comes upon those who don't have the righteousness of Jesus. Why did the, 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 the angel of death pass over the Israelites? Because the, there was blood on their post. They were saying the blood of the lamb covers this house. That's why you have to say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. My confidence is in Jesus. I have zero confidence in my bank account because he can go any day. I have zero confidence in my health because I could fail. I have zero confidence in some friends because they're fickle. I have zero confidence in my house because he could be taken away. I have zero confidence in all that. My confidence is in Jesus. You see, Jesus Jesus' blood and righteousness is paid for me. I'm not righteous because I did some religious things. Jesus paid for my righteousness. I have an account with Jesus. The Bible says this, in John, it says, look, my dear children, I'm minding this to you so you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate, a lawyer, who pleads a case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. Anyone who tells you they're righteous is lying. Because the Bible says all fall short of God's glory. Only Jesus is the righteous one. Matter of fact, one guy came to Jesus and said, good master, what must I do? And Jesus automatically picked up on his lies. He said, yeah, why are you calling me good? Why are you trying to puff me up? Yeah, but I told you, be careful with people with over the top compliments. It's like, why? Why are you trying to prep me up? What is your motive here? And Jesus cuts right to the chase and says, yeah, you don't get it. Have you given your life to Jesus? Have you given your heart to the Lord? Because that's the righteousness you're looking for. Not what you did. Every time someone starts with a resume, you know they don't know understand righteousness yet. I was an altar boy. I was catechized. Oh, my gosh. I went to Catholic school. I never smoked. I never drank. Yeah, great. Do you have Jesus? Because all that stuff is whack in Jesus' economy. You know? I went to Bible school. I know the Greek and the Hebrew. Yeah, but do you know Jesus? Because the Pharisees knew the Greek and the Hebrew, but they missed Jesus. It's Jesus' righteousness that covers us. Everything else is shaky ground. Jesus is done, is eternal. That's what keeps you from being depressed. Do you understand that? A lot of times, don't get me wrong, depression is a serious issue. But a lot of times the reason we're depressed, we're focusing too much on ourselves. We made life about ourselves, and, and life is too big to make it about you. That's why you're depressed a lot of times. It's, you know, don't get me wrong, some people do need medicine, some people do need counseling, but some people just need to say, God, help me get my mind off of me and put it on you because you're the author and finisher of life. Oh, I got to run. The gospel of peace, he says, put on shoes because, because you can't move with the wrong shoes. You ever see <laughs> the woman with the wrong shoes? Ever see the girls are like, (laughs) and then they see you, they go, (laughs) (laughs) Hey. It's hard to move when you got the wrong shoes on. <laughs> I grew up in a third world country, man. We had to share stuff. I tell you, I had the same sneakers for years. And thank God we had those people in the, in the, in the neighborhood that would hook you up. They would know, they will, they will sew it for you. They will glue it for you. That's all we had. And some of us, man, we were wearing tight shoes. But that's all we had. Thank God we in America. <laughs> you don't have to live like that. It was... This is all you got to remember from church now. <laughs> if you can't move, you can't win. You know what's interesting? They say the Roman the army had the advantage because of their shoes. They said their shoes were made for rough terrain. They said if you, if you study Julius Caesar's army, they say the conquest they were able to pursue and, and win because they had better shoes than their opponents. Shows you how powerful what Paul is trying to teach us here. And he says, put on the gospel of peace. You know what he's saying here is so powerful. He says, don't you understand? Wherever you walk, you're meant to bring peace. Some people bring division, some people bring gossip, some people bring calamity, some people bring destruction. He says, no, you're gonna walk and you're gonna bring peace. Wherever you go, you're bringing the peace of God with you. I pray you walk into a room and the room changes for the better. I pray when you get home, your kids are like, mom's home. Because peace is home. Dad's home. Nah, we're good. <laughs> I pray you go to your job and you bring peace. Watch this. The Bible is so powerful because it gives you this great, beautiful illustration. It says, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messenger who brings good news. The good news of peace and salvation. The news that the God of Israel reigns. How cool is it? This is what we mean when we say the new normal. How cool is it tomorrow we're all going to go to wherever we go, but we can all bring peace to wherever we're going tomorrow morning. How cool is that? Right? How awesome is that if we're walking into our job tomorrow, we're like, we bring peace to this place. You're the people that can come to you and talk to you because they know there's peace there. You ever talk to people and they're like, I just talked to a person in my office this week going through so just some horrible things in life. But the mo- when he was leaving, he said, I-, I got peace. I said, I pray, God, that that's who we are. We bring peace to people, even in their battles. Be ready. See, when you have the right shoes on, you are mobile. You're flexible. You're ready. You're the bringer of good news. Tell your neighbor, man, bring good news. We got enough bad news. Bring good news. By the way, if you're having a bad day... And you're like, man, the good news thing is tough today. Then the best thing you can do is say nothing. Seriously, sometimes don't miss an opportunity to be silent. Right? Because we always want to say something. Sometimes, man, it's a great opportunity to just say nothing. Because by saying nothing, you've said a lot. Don't miss. That's another tweetable moment. Don't miss a good opportunity to say nothing. Because, man, the Bible says, if a fool keeps his mouth closed, he looks wise. Isn't that awesome? It says, at least you look wise. Right? I remember in my BC days. I'm going to just let you in a little bit here. But I remember, you know, BC, 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 20, 20, more than 20 years ago, when I used to walk with Jesus, you know, when I was trying to be, you know, trying to be cool. You know, you talk, you see a girl, she looks good, and then she opens her mouth, you're like, ah. Shield of faith. The Bible says, shield of faith. I got to run here. Am I good? Am I good? I got to run. He says, grab your shield of faith. This shield, it was powerful. The Roman shields would cover the body, basically. The, the, the shield you see there, that's what they used to go to war with. And Paul says, your shield is your faith. It's good. Right? He says, this is how you're able to withstand. You ever watch movies like Gladiator or Braveheart? The first thing in war is, here comes... The arrows, the flaming arrows, that's what Paul's talking about. It comes, they, you know, that's, that's the shock and awe. Thousands of flying over you. I don't care who you are. That will mess you up. Seeing thousands of arrows coming. But they were trained to understand the first thing we do is put up our shield. And we wait. Right, 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 we wait. Right, right. See, when the enemy is trying to do all that, all you got to do is stand on your faith. And just wait. Demonic attacks will try to come to weaken you through fear and unbelief. The shield is your protection. Listen, the Bible says this about faith. It says it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Your faith says, no, I'm not going to stand for that. I'm going I'm to block that. There's no way I'm going to let that thing come in and, and wreak havoc in my life. I have a defense. I have a defense. See, You have to understand that these darts that the enemy is talking about here, that Paul's talking about, is your thoughts, feelings, imaginations. You ever imagine things that never happen? Can I tell you something? Most of the stuff you're worried about never actually happens. You sit up at night having conversations with things who don't happen, fears and lies. These are all the things, but your faith turns them back. Your faith turns them back. I told you, you got to doubt your doubts. You got to talk back to that stuff in Jesus' name. And says, there's no way I can. Listen, the more you you spend time with yourself, the more you know yourself. Don't let the enemy know you yourself more than you know yourself. I tell my young people, you have to analyze yourself because you know when you're more prone to to temptation. I told you, there's always four things at play when you're about to fall into temptation. You're tired, you're stressed, you're angry, or you're sad. Always those things. Be careful what kind of decision you're making when you're tired. Cause when you're tired, man, your wits about you is off. Come on, you, you, you go a couple of days without a good night's sleep, everybody's gonna die in the house. Any little things your kids do is like overwhelming, right? When you're angry, angry, eat a sneaker. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, when I'm angry, yeah, eat a sneaker. You you you'll be all right. When you're stressed, what do we do when we're stressed? We overeat or we overspend? You overspend to try to make yourself feel better. Now you're in deeper debt. Oh, ladies, come on. I'm trying to help us here. You're like, I just go shopping. Get another one of those shoes. <laughs> I got to go. I got to go. Helmet of salvation. I'm done. Uh, worship team, let's go. Because I, 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 I just went too long. Um, your, your, your helmet is your salvation. See, one of the major things that I see the enemy use against us is discouragement. Yes. Discouragement is one of his most effective weapons. But with the helmet of salvation, it's hard to stay discouraged because you know who you belong to. That's when you renew your mind. That's when you say, I'm going to put on the mind of Jesus. See, here's what you need to declare over yourself you need to say, I am saved. I I am being saved and I will be saved. (laughs) Because God's always working on you. Sometimes you don't feel saved, let's be honest. Sometimes you feel like, man, I am the worst person in the world. That's the time to declare I am saved, I'm being saved. And I will be saved. I'm telling you, make that your mantra. I am who I am by the grace of God. And I will do what I will do by the grace of God. You need to declare. That's why you need to know truth. Because feelings will come. But your truth will bounce back and say, yeah, but my God said this about me. And that's what the sword of the spirit is all about. The Bible says this about the sword of the spirit in Hebrews 4.12. I really got to go. But look, it says, it says this, for the word of God is alive and powerful. Isn't that amazing? As I'm preaching, something is coming alive in you. Something is telling you you can do this. Something is telling you like the God still has a plan for your life. It is sharper than than the the sharpest two-edged sword. Cutting between soul and spirit. Between joint and marrow. Exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. That's why some people come up to me like, who told you? Who told you? Someone told you. Who's gossiping? No, the Holy Spirit is gossiping. The Holy Spirit is telling you, I need to get into some stuff in your spirit. There's some things I need to cut away from your spirit. The word of God is powerful. The Bible says, pray. Just pray at all times. Because you ever watch those war movies? What do they do when they go to battle? They usually have that battle cry. You ever watch Braveheart? I came to pick a fight. I love that. I believe that's who we are as Christians. Came to pick a fight against the, the enemy. And what do they do? They usually have a rally, put in their armor, they beat their chests, stomp the sword. They're saying, "You know, we're going to do this." When David came against Goliath, what did he say? He said, "What did you say? What did you What did you say?" Funny thing is, for days Goliath was saying all this stuff. No one dared to get up to Goliath and this little David. Even Goliath was like, yo, that little guy? Because Goliath, they said it was like maybe eight, nine feet long and David was this little scrawny kid. He's like, this little guy? But David knew the secret. David's like, I'm not going to fight you, me. I'm going to fight you in the name of the Lord. Understand, that's what prayer is. That's a prayer. He's like, I'm coming against you. In the name of the Lord. I'm not coming against. You're looking at me. I'm looking at myself in the spirit. I am jacked in Jesus' name. We're all fighting Goliaths. As a church, we're fighting the Goliath of small-mindedness. People tell you, oh, who do you think you are? Trying to have a big church. Oh, you guys are fancy with your lights and all the stuff. And wah, wah, wah. It's like, no, no. We're not fighting you. We're fighting that spirit that's trying to keep the church small. We're coming against that. In Jesus' name, come on. It says, pray at all times, because when you're praying, you're declaring what he ought to be, and you're disagreeing with him. That's the power of prayer. And I don't care what kind of prayer you're praying—group prayers, silent prayers, walk, go for a walk and pray, pray on Facebook. Pray any way you can possibly pray. Because as long as you're praying, there's a lifeline happening between you and God. Thanks for joining us today. If you want to connect with us, you can find us at newlifesouthcoast.com for any further information.